When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talking Knicks. We got a good episode for you guys tonight. Three game winning streak this week, four game winning streak overall. Hey, let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Christoph Porzingis. Posting toes, puffing and stuffing. Again, igniting and exciting the garden crowd. So I'm here with uh, Jake and Kenny, my brother. And, uh, I mean, how, how are you guys doing? Jake, we've been waiting for you for about 20 minutes to start the pod. Me and Kenny's been sitting here. So what have you been up to? Yeah, I've, I've been I've been having a nice weekend. I went skiing yesterday at Keystone. And then uh, today we went to a dog park, been doing doing some errands. Uh, nice, nice little Sunday. And I think more noticeably, as I pass it to Ken, me and Ken have swaggy Nick hats on. And Greg, you look like a fool right now. Hey, I can't even argue that. Kenny? Is my, my winter Knicks hat because it's winter now. Um, me, my weekend. I uh, We had our, our office Christmas party on Friday, which is always fun. Um, like the party wrapped up and the open bar was over. And like one of my friends talked to me and a couple other people in the staying. And I bought the first round and then no one drank it and everyone left. Nice. Like what? What the hell is that about, man? You got got. Like, yeah, I got got real good. Um, and then I spent the last two days working. So here we are, and, Sunday and, night. And Greg, after hearing the smack talk, has put on one of the most noticeable hats in the history of the world. I put on a, I put on a Santa Claus hat. Is that the most recognized hat in the world? That or the Yankees hat? One of those two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Tough, right? You gotta- like, has Jay-Z, has Jay-Z ever worn a Santa hat? I don't know. But he has worn a Yankees hat. So, Yeah, I think it's the Santa hat. I'll go with Jake on this one. <laughs> First <laughs> argument on talking Nick today. All right. Well, let's get, let's get into it. I had a good weekend, too. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> All right. I went to New York City where the yes. Knicks were playing. The city was a buzz. Yeah. New York, New York City in the winter time is is crazy. You think there'd be no one there because it's cold, but everyone's there instead. It's stupid. It's more yeah. packed in the winter than the summer because everyone yeah. goes and does like outside stuff in the summer. It's yeah. mind bottling. Yeah, bottling. I think you that's gotta, you got to go to Rockefeller Center and see the tree and do the ice skating. You know, people do that stuff. Lots of it's, lights everywhere. It's Rockefeller. It's nice. Yeah, I, I actually, my friends live, uh, I don't know, like a 15-minute cab from Grand Central. And I just walked over there because I was like, I got to walk through Times Square right now just to, just to look at it. No. And so I did that, and I was like, oh, I should have gotten a cab. That's like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. And now let's talk Knicks. All let's right. Talk Knicks. Four-game winning streak. Four games. Hawks, Lakers, Nets, Thunder. Big time. Where to start? Where do we start? We start at the beginning, I guess. Went over the Lakers this week was, I would say it was the best game to watch this season, unless you're like, 
other other except for the the pulling on the heartstrings that the Knicks were doing. It was a lot of fun to watch. Great basketball game if you're an outside uh, outside observer. As a Knicks fan, they kind of blew it at the end of of regulation, which was scary, and so you were nervous the whole time. But they pulled it out. Uh, Lonzo put on, Lonzo and uh, KP put on a show for a little bit. Lonzo's show was about two minutes long. KP's lasted the entire game, so that was fortunate. Kenny, what'd you see? Let's talk about what Chris Depps did. Thirty-seven points. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's about right. And uh, I know I missed last week, but I've been saying it, you know, a few pods before that that he had kind of fallen off with efficiency in terms of shooting. Not the case against the Lakers. He went uh, fourteen for twenty-six for his thirty-seven points, and uh, he started five for five from three. And some of them were just like ridiculous end of the shot, like just pull up and hit him. So that was exciting to see. Um, but also, not only the 37 points, but he had 11 rebounds and five blocks. So, like, just an all-around good game for him. Yeah, that's true. Five blocks is good. Uh, and then he came out hot. He he cooled down for, I don't know, like two minutes. And I was like, this guy, he's not hot anymore. This sucks. And then he, he was just on fire the rest of the game. Yeah. And the big thing that the people were talking about was, I guess, that uh, some Instagram or Twitter model had, like, followed him, and she was at the game. So everyone's like, oh, he's going to go off just to impress this random Instagram chick. Uh, and he did. So, you know. I would have done the same. Jake, you- I'll, I'll speak of someone who would not have done the same. I, I would have done what Brandon, Brandon Ingram did, going two for 12. Mm, yeah. But – uh, yeah, man, the, the Lake show was exciting. We, we knew that, uh, you know, the garden's been turning up lately and if the Lakers come to town on almost any year, especially with the Lonzo show and all that, um, I, I'll say it was kind of cool that we got to see Lonzo for 40 minutes. Cause there's been the nights that he really doesn't have it shooting. They just bench him and play their better players. <laughs> yeah. Josh Clarkson, not, not even hating on Lonzo. I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be a very good player, but yeah, uh, other Knicks that just need the need the shout out. Uh, yo, bench mob did their thing. Um, Beasley six for thirteen, McDermott five of eleven, O'Quinn four of four, Frank Nitty five of eleven, Baker Frankie baby. But Baker I mean, for one? the bench. Uh, let's see, quick math: thirty-eight, forty-two points from the bench. So sounds good. Give a, I mean, give, give the KP bench scored thirty-seven, so forty-four. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not a numbers guy. So, I uh, the the bench the bench did their thing. That cool to say? I don't know. Yeah, and uh, let's get back to Brandon Ingram. Ingram, because this is talking Lakers, and I got fun a funny thing to say. I've, <laughs> I've never seen someone look as good and be as bad as Brandon Ingram was in that game. Nice. All right, now let's keep going with the Knicks. So let me let me just jump in because I know one of the things that we talked of, that Jake mentioned quickly was like how exciting the atmosphere was, and I think you mentioned it too, Greg. And how about that stretch where like neither team missed for like a three minute period, and they just kept kept going back and forth. Like yeah. that's exciting basketball on national TV. Like that's exact. That has to be exactly what the NBA is looking for. They have. I think each team scored on three straight possessions, so that's six straight possessions without a miss. And uh, that that was the Lonzo takeover as well. He had a he yeah. had a deep three, then he drove and finished lefty. So Lonzo doing anything, the place is going to be getting getting buzzy. And then 
Chris Tapps hit. Uh, he, he hit a three, and then Cantor scored twice, I think, is what happened. So that was good stuff. And there were a lot of Laker fans there, and they were loud too. So that was that was fun because the place was loud, but you'd, you'd rather be hearing it from the Knicks fans. Rather have hey. the Knicks fans. But the Nets can relate. So, ooh. Hey, good segue. Unless anyone else has that, anything that's to say. Segue. No, that's a nice transition. Holy right. smokes. The Nets game. We uh we won that one too. It was a little nerve wracking. <laughs> Chris Stapps got injured. Is that true? Was that the game? Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. Beginning of the second half, just uh look, didn't really look like anything happened. He was just like, all right, I need to come out of the game, and he was walking gingerly. Apparently, he's got a sore knee. Um, apparently, he's had a sore knee before earlier in the preseason. I guess I, I don't know. What's up with that? Chris Stapps keeps bringing up like <laughs> sounding like big time injuries. He's like, "Oh yeah, my elbow's super messed up. Uh, oh yeah, my my knee's been jacked up for a while. What's up, dude?" That was the thing about that injury is like no one had any idea what was going on. Like he just like walked off the court. He's like, "Yeah, I gotta come off." And then like he walked in the locker room with like the trainer and the strength coach, and like everyone was like, all the announcers just like, "Oh, this looks really serious." And I was. I don't know what's happening. And then they came back and they said he wasn't coming back in because of knee soreness. And like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Whenever anyone says a a knee injury, you're, you're, you're scared. Immediately you're thinking torn ACL out out for a year, but but we, we avoided that. I think especially. Yeah. So Courtney Lee led the way with 27 points. Um, Ron Baker led the way defensively with, some key defensive plays. I know we all may not be t- Ron, team Ron Baker every night, but he did a good job for on Two the defense on the defensive end. So, what what'd you see from uh, Courtney Lee and Ron Baker, Kenny? Let's hear it. Um, probably not going to talk about Ron Baker because I don't talk about Ron Baker. But Courtney Lee, man, <laughs> Courtney Lee, this entire year has just been like. The unsung hero. I know the last, I don't know, few weeks he's just been getting buckets and scoring very efficiently, like 27 points on 9 to 17. I think he was three or four shooting the three. Like the guy gets buckets. And there was, uh, you know, that that was another thing with uh, like there was a few fast break points and like the game was getting a little sloppy. And Frank hit him with that bounce pass from like under his own basket. And he just hit a open break three. It's like that's great. Like that's things that people just don't do enough is just pull up, pull up for three on a fast break. Love to see it. Um, Ron Baker, like I'll give it to him. He played some some solid basketball. Like I don't like to say that because I have just a general dislike for kind of the stupid stuff that he does a lot. And I think uh, a lot of Knicks fans like him way more than they should. But that's just me. So. Jake, take it over. Jake, say some nice things about Ron Baker if you can. I I will. I will. Hi, Ron. Love your kids' book. Um, No, he uh, (laughs) – man, it's kind of hilarious because I'm trying to remember a person that can look so – well, Mindaugas Kuzmiskis, a a person that can look so lost at some moments but look like – Ron Baker, like, dominated a brief period of that game which again is is mind numbing to a degree 
Uh, the only other thing I think I'd, I'd like to say about Courtney Lee, who, and by the way, this is going to be a little recurring theme you're going to see from me, just Michael Beasley, 7 from 16, 15 points, whatever, just out of nowhere. Yeah. But uh, Frank Nitty with the best plus minus. But dude, Courtney Lee, I think, and I, I was trying the best way to put it into words, I think the best comparison would be when, to start the year, we said Doug McDermott wasn't making his open shots. Like he was too open almost, like he was still fitting in. Courtney Lee makes every shot he's supposed to make. Yeah, Does, yeah. Does that sound dumb? Like whenever he gets the open, like kick out three, he just buries it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's um, it's a good ball player. Yeah, that's again, again, a lot better than me. Um, yeah, bench mob did their thing again. Frank Nitty had the best plus minus and just covered the stat sheet. Seven points, eight assists, five boards, two steals. Um, and then Kylo Quinn with a casual uh, nine points, ten boards, two blocks. Uh, Ron Baker with two blocks, by the way, too. So how about that? Ron Baker. Yeah, one one. Big one. Yeah, he had a huge block on Karis LeVert after that that little scrum. That, that you didn't know what was going to happen. And LeVert came out with the ball somehow, went up for a layup that was going to make it either a tie game or – or maybe for the lead for them. I don't, I don't know. Don't remember perfectly, but Ron Baker swatted it, so it doesn't matter. And going back to that, uh, the bench mob you're talking about, the bench mob and the role players we should be talking about as well. Um, when Chris Stapps went out, Knicks were up 65-57. Then that's went on a 20-8 to run to take the lead, so 77-75. And uh, at that point, you're worried. You're, you're saying Chris Stapps is out, THJ is out. And they just made this run. This this game is not looking good. We're, you're scared you're going to lose that. And then being able to to right the ship and and pull out that W. The Nets are are uh, as Kenny would say a sneaky, not terrible team. Is that is that the right word, in Kenny? Yeah, because like everyone when when they made that uh, or when Boston made the trade to get their pick, everyone was like up in arms about how they just got like a top pick. And if you look at this team, and it's it's a bunch of players who are like. Actual NBA players as compared to last year when it just they weren't like none of them are superstars But all of them belong on an NBA roster and most of their starters deserve to be NBA starters like uh, Demar Carroll uh, Alan Crabb and Hollis Jefferson like those are pretty good players. So like Hollis Jefferson's go good, but he, he had he had a career game against us So I think our our idea of him may be skewed, but I will say he's a good player and it was the Cavs get, it was, I mean Cavs getting that pick from Boston you said Boston, yeah. Other other way around, yeah. Um, but the thing about Hollis Jefferson is he's only twenty two, so like he's I think he's gonna be a good player. Like he's he's still young, so yeah, that's what I was getting at. Well, thanks for coming to talking Nets. We appreciate it. Uh yeah, Nets are a good team. That's a good victory. Jake, you got any parting words or should we move on to our our, our biggest victory of the week, I guess? You, so you, you you guys hit it all. For me, I mean, I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna kind of do the segue again because I'm feeling good about my segue so far. But like, you had worries this game about being able to score without, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and then Kristaps goes down. We scored 111 points in this game. We also scored 111 points in the Thunder game. Take it away, Greg. Go. Wow, Kenny wow. transitions. What a coincidence. That's perfect. Uh, Thunder supposed to be good. Aren't good, but this is a good win. Uh, this is Carmelo Anthony returning to the Garden. He was our best player for the last six and a half years. 
other than uh, maybe Mari Stoudemire for half a season. But great, great win. You, we uh, didn't have Tim Hardaway Jr., didn't have Chris Stapps, both out with injuries. So this seemed like a, a lost cause kind of. We've, we've, we've seen this story before. See the Pacers game where we lost by uh, 18 after going down by 38. <laughs> but we, we, we actually pulled this one out. Uh, our uh, division rivals, maybe I'll, uh, rivals loosely used as a term, the 76ers did a good job of, of tiring out the Thunder and losing, which is also good for us. <laughs> yeah, win-win, lose-lose. So, triple overtime, second night of a back-to-back. So... Thunder may have been a little tired, uh, but we we're not sympathetic to that. We we decided to beat them anyway. So, I I watched the game today. You guys might have watched watched the live. So so what'd you see, Jake? Let's talk about Mellow first and foremost. Obviously, if we were all Mellow, man, it was uh good good to see him back. He he started off okay, and then he he really lost it. Clyde was letting into him because you know, Clyde Clyde likes to get into his fun fun words. He he kept saying herky and jerky, something like that. He he didn't like the way Mello was playing. Um, I it wasn't crazy. The only thing Mello did kind of outside of his realm was he had that one offensive foul, which we all debated when yeah. when he who who did he toss? Was that Jared Jack? Yeah, it was Jared that was, Jack. That was, that was JJ. Um, but yeah, that was that was the only play where it looked like Mello was trying to do too much. Um. You know, I, I think we're we're no hate to Mellow Crew, more or less. Um, but yeah, the the Knicks the Knicks played pretty well, and my the final time I gotta say it, which slash Greg, you made the joke that we have to talk about this person for half the podcast. Michael Beasley goes eleven for eighteen. We've got no Zinger, no Tim Hardaway Jr., and this guy, like, I don't know, man, thirty. 30 points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks. I told Tom, and and Tom gave me some guff with his d- darn nerdy stats and all that. Mm. But, dude, when when Beasley's on, it's lefty LeBron stuff. I, 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 it's not as imposing. But, man, it's like he's he's figured out a certain craft to his game that is me. He can From that jab step, he can do anything, anything and everything. Yeah, he was he was dishing and swishing too. Dishing yeah. and swishing, wow. yes. Um, and Ron Baker, casual casual three of four from three. Dougie Fresh also turned over with his fresh, and then he turned on his. Uh, he went for fire with that one shot, which was kind of yeah. ugly. But we love that. We'll always support that. Um, I know. I don't I, support. I that. will. Um, and we we'd be we'd be remiss if uh, the gentleman. Mello took out Jared Jack. Jared Jack with 12, 7, and 8. Three steals. I mean, again, I'd, I'd say it almost every pod, but this is a dude that a lot of people didn't think was, like, going to make the team out of camp. Um, yeah, we, we got lucky Joe Kim did steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks, true. Joe Kim. And they paid off for Joe Kim, too. So, um, I don't know. The, the garden was good. Uh, the final two minutes for the Thunder were two of the worst minutes of like NBA basketball I've seen. So um, it, it's it been their thing all year. Yeah. yeah. The Thunder are a little out of sorts. Uh, and, you know, it was good seeing, you know, you everyone's doing the, oh, you know, Mellow returns to the garden, blah, blah, blah. You know, Doug McDermott and <laughs> Cantor are playing against 
they're old guys. I mean, especially Cantor. He was really a part of that team. Um, so it it was it was a good W to get. Yeah, and uh, bringing it back to Mello, Kenny, I'd like to hear you talk about him too. Uh, he was five for 18, 12 points. Started out with uh, seven points in I think like the first five minutes or so. Had another five points in the first half. Went scoreless in the second half. Um, they had a nice little tribute to him. Heard uh, a good amount of cheers, some boos. But then when he was he started touching the ball during the game, he was hearing boos because people, the people who were booing boo when you touch the ball, but people don't just cheer whenever someone touches the ball. So that that allowed them to be more audible. So what what did you what yeah. did you think about Melo as the, as the Knicks player? How did you want him to be received? And what did you think about the game? You know, I. I am one of kind of the biggest mellow supporters um, out there. I just think, you know, he gave out, he went out there for like seven years and just, you know, he played hard and he played well. And if you look at some of the teams that he played on, they were just like, I don't know what people, you know, how people look back on those teams. I think they all they really realize is he was on those teams and they didn't do well. So they think he underachieved. But like, even if you look at that, that team that was second in the East, like, their second best player was like J.R. Smith. And then they had a bunch of like good players, but none of them were, you know, great. Like they had old Jason Kidd and like Baron Davis for about five minutes and Rashid Wallace for five minutes, Kenyon Martin for five minutes. Like all of these guys were way past their prime. And then they had, and like they, they came in second in the East. And I feel like people just don't really appreciate how kind of mediocre a lot of his boarding uh casts were um as far as what i would have liked i would have liked it if you know people kind of just really went crazy and uh cheered for him um at the end when the knicks were up 15 and they sub mellow out like he heard some booze like i, I would have appreciated it if, if uh like he got some cheers at that point but late lee had a good quote at the end of the game they asked him about the booze and he was just like yeah, well, you know, he's wearing the other team's uniform, so that's that's how it works. Hey, so not on my team. I agree. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, like, I mean, if it was a closed game, that's fine. They took him out with, like, five seconds to go in a 15-point game. Like, give the man a round of applause. Yeah. Man. I think it was, like, one second because it was a shot clock violation. So it was, like, uh, yeah. it was like also kind of annoying. They might have been booing Billy Donovan for doing that. Like, <laughs> or, or maybe Thunder fans booing Melo's game. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. There's a lot of Laker fans there the other day. Maybe it was full of Thunder fans, too. Or hey, Jake, were your friends there? Laker, those same Laker fans just stayed the week. Mm. <laughs> and that's just rooting for the Thunder <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> they just hate the Knicks now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was no fun. Yeah, Kenny Michael Beasley was pretty good. Um, we have to That's talk about him for half every pod. I wanna, I wanna point out how good he has is at finishing right-handed. It's pretty wild. Uh, he just scoops. He could do, he could pretty much just do anything, righty. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't, I don't have much more input than that, other than he was dishing and swishing. My, what I don't get about Beasley is like. He's a volume shooter, but like he has been shooting remarkably efficiently. Like he shot 11 for 18 this game, two for two from three. And it's like, that's not what I would expect from him. I would expect him shooting around like 40, 45% and getting his, his points on, you know, just shooting a lot. Um, I will say, 
the way he gets his points a lot of times is kind of in that mellow mold where he'll get the ball on the on the like right side, he'll drive and he'll do a pull up, and it's like, all right, that's cool, but it doesn't really get the rest of the team involved. So we're gonna talk about this more later, um, but that's just kind of my opinions on on the OKC game for Beasley. Are we gonna talk about this more later? I feel like I'm in charge of the pod. I didn't, <laughs> are, are we? If if not, I have more to say. I didn't know this was scheduled. Well, the one thing I'll say is I think people have been passing more. Uh, yeah. Or I think people in that role have been passing more. Beasley was looking to pass. Before Chris Stapps got injured, he had four assists already in the first half. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that brings us to what I want to talk about, which is you can, it'll bring in what you said we're going to talk about. Jeff Hornacek doing a good job. Jeff Hornacek. This guy, without Tim Hardaway Jr. and Chris Stapps for the last game and a half and pulled out two wins. And four-game win streak with this team without Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, not the most impressive victories, but everyone thought the the Cavs winning streak was cool, even though they didn't beat anybody. So, so this this winning streak's cool too. Um, what are your thoughts? You can talk about that passing thing again now, I guess, Kenny. If yeah, you think it, if, I, you, if you think it relates to Jeff Hornacek, uh, I think it does because. Um, it's pretty much like you said, pretty much everyone is looking to pass more. Like I know we talked, you know, maybe a month or month and a half ago about Ennis Cantor's just not being able to pass ever. And the last few games he's, when he gets double teamed in the post, he's going to, he's kicking it out, which is, you know, you didn't see early on. And I have to imagine that's a coaching adjustment because it's the same thing with Michael Beasley. When he, when, when people are sending double teams, all of the players are kicking out. And I have to imagine that's just the coaches being like, listen, if a double team comes, there's someone open, which every coach in the history of mankind has always said to their players, but apparently, you know, the Knicks hadn't listened until recently, I guess. So good on you, Greg, for, for bringing that up. Yeah. And, and Jake, what do you think about what Jeff's been up to? Yeah. We, we got to give credit where credit's due, right? Is that not a corny term anymore? We, we gave, we gave him a little guff last week because. Or yeah, maybe he, took, he took out Frank. In that fourth quarter. He took up Frank in the fourth quarter, and we were giving him uh, guff for not playing Frank and Chris Stapps uh, together more because they had some mm-hmm. crazy plus-minus numbers together. And, and then we, we gave some excuses. Chris Stapps has been hurt a lot. Frank was still finding a spot, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, we're, we're 16 and 13, um, 14 and 5 at home. I, I mean, this, this season has clearly exceeded expectations at – a certain point you have to give the coach love. And yeah. I, I think the, the more important, you know, with more and more advanced stats, you know, you hear some that you roll your eyes at and you hear, you know, uh, we were laughing at what, what was it? Someone posted on the Knicks Reddit board, something about Ron Baker having the most steals per yeah. minute. If you only most... do it with guys that play over 14 and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny read it. Someone was like, uh, Ron Baker league leads the league in steals per 36 based on qualified players, but based on the definition of qualified players that I made up for this. <laughs> yeah. Reddit for, and, and for the record, the definition of qualified players for the NBA is you've played 70% of your team games and Ron Baker has played 34% of his team's games. So he is nowhere near qualifying. And I think, I think I told you guys before, if he plays the next, what is it? 42 in a row. 22 something crazy in a row then he'll qualify but right now he just doesn't 
Well, and that's we're rooting for you, Ron. But stats stats are easy to skew. Some of the advanced ones are good. You need to know how to work them in with the eye test. That's kind of the whole game that stats has added to this. And man, one of the unique thing about the Knicks is, I mean, I think we've seen almost every guy on the team in to finish games this year. Um, I mean, yeah, I, there's yeah, Hornacek's, like, a, Hornacek's a hot hand guy. Yeah. So, and that's, I, you got to appreciate that as the player. Cause at the end of the day, that's, you know, Hey, if I do my job and play well, keep me out there. Let me keep going. Uh, he's been doing well. He's, and <laughs> you know, we made a lot of Ron Baker jokes. He's, he, they clearly believed in Ron Baker and he's serviceable in doses. Uh, so kudos to that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, who's who? Who right now on the Knicks is underperforming their expectations? I know that sounds like a crazy loaded question. Billy, Will Bill, he he's the only one that you know can't really get off the bench. I guess you could say Sessions. He was expected to be kind of our starting point guard, and now he's getting pushed back. But I, if I'm looking at a roster right now where I've got ten guys exceeding expectation, yeah, give. Give love to the players. You got to give love to the coach. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to pull back on Ron Baker again because I think that's my role on this podcast. Like, he does a lot of good stuff. And then sometimes he just does, like, the dumbest stuff ever. And it's like – and uh, Clyde actually got me good because the other night, like, Ron Baker wasn't even in the game. And he was saying, oh, this person, like – or I think he was talking about Michael Beasley. He's like, he plays hard but not smart. like kind of like uh, Ron Baker and Ron Baker wasn't even in the game and like no one even noticed it. And I was just like, what are you talking about Clyde? I- I'm on the same page as you, but like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's funny. Another, another good Ron Baker quote from Clyde. Uh, I think I might've mentioned it last week, but when cup, um, Ron Baker hit a three and Clyde just said, that is that his first points of the season? And this is, this is about a week ago. So <laughs> yeah, that was good. it's like, uh, Clyde. Mike Green was like, "No, he, he scored a couple before." And Greggy, what was that stretch where? At, and you're 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 very good at identifying and identifying. And I was going to go with a Clyde word, but I didn't get it. But there's Baker. There's a perfect example in one of the games this week. I don't I don't think it was OKC, but he did like two beautiful things, and then just one of the worst passes or something like that. Uh, well, I'll think about it. But the first one so, that comes to mind was the Nets game. He he hit a corner three open, and then very next possession. Decides to shoot a pull-up three without making a pass like four seconds into the shot clock. And it's like, no, no, Ron, don't do that. There was another there was another one in the Lakers game where he got a steal, he took it up court, and then he like tried to make a swaggy pass to thread the needle, and like he just passed it to the Thunder. And oh, shoot. In the Thunder's game. That was that was the, the first game of the season, right? No, no, that was yesterday. He did it again? You remember the first game <laughs> of the season when he did the behind the back pass to Carmelo? No, yeah, that was good. That was yeah. good. This one was to someone else on the fast break. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, he tried, he tried doing like a slap pass or something. It wasn't, yeah. And then, oh, was it last game where like he was running back on D and he just ran over his guy? Like, yeah. that's one like, tactic. Like, it, it, was, it was in like a tight point of the game, too. And he just like ran his, ran the guy he was defending over. Like, ah, uh, like, I get it. You're trying hard, but like, be better. Man. Yeah, yeah. He he has been he has been playing good defense. Uh, played great offense in this game against the Thunder. So that's a plus. Um, 
I mean, he had two and a half good games this week. Uh, Didn't do anything against the Lakers. Played great defense against the Nets. Not really much on offense. And then I I guess he was just good against the Thunder for the most part. But like we say, he does a lot of good stuff, and then he can't dribble the basketball. So So we're against I think the the big – question is like what is his role on this team and i think this is the same question with michael beasley like when tim hardaway jr comes back who is ron baker playing over because like you look at this team he's not playing over frank he's not playing over doug tim hardaway jr uh good point hey we're on a four four game winning streak without him why and like we mentioned jeff's a hot hand guy can't have too much of a good thing so don't be surprised if uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. becomes the next Joe Kim Noah. Big contract, just hanging out in a suit. He wears T-shirts, like cool T-shirts. No, you'd yeah. be very, very surprised if that would happen. That'd be the worst. I would, I would, <laughs> that's that's rooting for another team. I wouldn't, yeah. but I would think about it, which I often yeah. do. And one thing I want to get back to, I don't know if you have any more things to say about whatever we were just talking about. I don't really remember. Ron Baker. No, we're done. We're done. Back to Michael Beasley. No, we got to get back to Willie. Are we, are we just, we just forget about him. It's a lost cause at this point. We just, we, we know what Jeff's plan is. He's actually trying to win. Like we said, he's a hot hand guy. And when you're a hot hand guy, you're also like a good player guy. You need to just play your best guys. And Kylo Quinn has shown that he is one of those people who deserves to be in the rotation so are we even upset that willie's not playing anymore i i can't like from what i've seen from him which hasn't been much at all i i i can't really judge willie and say how good he is because he hasn't played enough but i also can't blame jeff for not playing him from how good we've been as a team so what are we what are we thinking about willie we have to check back in on that kenny what are you thinking um So this kind of goes back to everything. I, I feel like we say this every uh, couple weeks, that it all depends on where we are around the trade deadline. Um, we have this crazy stretch coming up where we just have a bunch of road games and we've been really bad on the road so far. So if things fall back to earth and it and we're you know falling out of the the playoff picture, then you know we're going to start giving off pieces. Probably Kyle O'Quinn's going to gonna. gonna be on the trading block and possibly Courtney Lee. And that's when, you know, Billy would come back into the rotation. If we're in it, then there's no reason for Billy to see any time. That's, that's just how it is. Like he's under a three-year contract. So if we're in it for this year, you know, we're, we're fine kind of giving up that year and then reassessing next year. Yeah. I can't argue that. What do you think of Jake? I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a different take and I know it's, it's kind of funny. Last, last year I was nervous and, thinking about rebuilding in the upcoming seasons, you know, after watching them win four straight, it's like, get, get these boys some experience. I don't care if they go up against Boston or Cleveland as long if they win one game, like this season's a massive success. Uh, The thing I will say is this success has allowed Knicks fans to think optimistically about the future, which usually is the exact opposite. And Now, now it's kind of like, okay, so Chris Stapps has developed into what he has. Um, you know, we've got a 
bunch of useful rotation NBA players. Frank showing a lot of talent. Tim Hardaway Jr. can do it legit. So then you start saying, if we, if we want to get this team to the next level, what do we need? And I know Tom's one of the biggest advocates, and we low-key are, but for Chris Stapps to be his best player and for the Knicks to be their best team, he's going to have to be a center one day. And One day is the key. And, but there, there's another twist to that if, if the Knicks do end up in the draft or whatever it is, because there's two ways to go with it. And last week we mentioned – Julius Randle coming in because Julius Randle would be interesting because we've mentioned that Chris Stapp's weakness right now is his passing. So Julius Randle is a power forward that can do some creating this, that, and the other on the offensive end. It's kind of a beautiful thing. Let, let Julius Randle do his thing and that should work well with Chris Stapps and kind of take that creative load off of him. The other way you go with it is kind of bring in another long athletic center. And now you start dreaming up this freak defensive team where you have Chris Stapps, and one of these young guys, a Mo Bamba, DeAndre Ayton. Um, I, I don't know. If you're an NBA person, you'd compare it to an on DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella, someone like that. And then you have this freak defensive lineup where you've got four, four, seven, nine arms swinging around in, in the paint. I, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what the Bucks are trying to do. Yeah. Long story short, I think either way, like this season's been a lot of fun. Cantor and Willie aren't the guys you pair with Chris Stapps at the end of the day. So, I mean, he's, I still think Will Bill's a good ball player. He, he can get a lot of buckets and a lot of rebounds. He's still a sieve on defense, but he's still young. But either way, I don't think he's a fit with this team really. Uh, when, and if the Knicks want to go where they want to go. So I don't know with that being said, you want to get him minutes? You want to get him in the rotation or something like that? Ken's giving me an ugly face, but I want to hear from Greg's ugly face before I get to that one first. Well, I, I'm thinking, I I, I I see where you're coming from, but there's 48 minutes of the game. Maybe he's not going to be good for crunch time, but he he'd be good to to eat up the first three quarters at least. Um, so, I mean, obviously you'd like a. The, your your starter to be able to finish the game though, so that mine was more of an optimistic view. I think Kenny has something mean to say, so let's let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, I think these guys fit fine with uh, Porzingis. Like they're oh oh burn deep burn. Um, like they're not they're not great defensively, but like they can absorb the contact that Kristaps has said that he doesn't want to absorb, and like we've seen, he's gotten kind of nicked up lately. But the other thing is on the offensive side, like he doesn't drive like ever. So a lot of his stuff is is mid range or he's catching it on curls, and that's how he's getting to the hoop. Like he's not taking it to the basket kind of regularly. So the fact that you have a guy on the post that like warrants people actually defending him gives him space to operate in the mid range and and beyond. So I think that they're they're fine pairings with him. But you know that's my two cents. Hey. Uh, I guess we'll find out in three years. So no counter argument, Ken wins. Yeah, <laughs> that's a- we're gonna bet face tattoos again, like like me and uh, Tom. Don't think I forgot about that. Courtney Lee, if they trade him, first rounder, which you guys agree with that, right? Yeah, and now I don't think we want to do right, <laughs> but uh, yeah. another time. But if we did, yeah, we'll check back in three years. We'll let you know if if Willie Hernan Gomez is a good fit, or if and if Tom has a face tattoo. <clears throat> But let's let's go on. The Knicks are currently in the, the seventh seed, 
tied for the fourth seed. We have to talk about it every day, whether we think this is a playoff team or not. But I think when you, or they're tied for the sixth seed because the Wizards just lost today. <clears throat> so, are, are we? We're not tied for the fourth seed anymore because two other teams won. So, we're just straight up to sixth seed. So, what are you guys thinking? Um, well, obviously, I don't think we're going to end up being the fourth seed, but we are half a game back right now of it. Because so, we're going to be the one seed, right? Bingo. Yeah. So how how high can we go? Can we can we push our expectations higher than this eight seed, or should we push our expectations down from this eight seed? I'm sure I'm sure Kenny wants us to not make the playoffs because he hates the Knicks, which he seems to have made <laughs> abundantly clear as he roots against us week in week out. But me and Jake are, are are rooting for this to be a playoff team. Jake mentioned trying to get these guys experience earlier, and he's talking about playoff experience. Getting that, getting that win over the Celtics. And, uh, I mean, if Celtics are the one seed or whatever seed we play them, the Bulls were going to beat the Celtics last year. So let's just beat them. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Are we making the playoffs, Ken? Do you change your mind yet? Four-game winning streak? Uh, I've been saying it for a while that I think this, this upcoming home, this away streak – will probably be the determining factor there. But, like, looking at the East, like, based on how it's shaking out so far, like, the top three teams are good. And then the Pistons are kind of wildly inconsistent. They, like, lost 10 in a row, and now they, like, won their last three. So I don't know what their deal is. Um, similar with the Pacers, they, they're they either good or bad. Like, the Bucks, the Wizards are the one team I – who are kind of falling back that I thought were going to be much higher. John Wall's there. John Wall's been injured. There you go. But, you know, none of the teams outside of the top three have impressed me. So I think, you know, I think in the end it probably sorts itself out. I think the Wizards will be um, above us. I think the Bucks will probably figure things out. Um, So I think we could be six to eight, somewhere in that range. I think it's possible. Um, but I think we're probably going to either, we're going to be around that eighth seed or just below. That's been kind of my, my, uh, standing point for the last few weeks. And I don't, I don't know that much has changed it. It's, it's a game of chicken because like Kenny alluded to it, it, the month of January will decide (laughs) if the Knicks can stay somewhere around six or seven through January. Oh, baby. Uh, we we have something. We have in January. Well, we open up at home against San Antonio, so pencil that as an easy W. But then we have <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We have twelve road games in January, as opposed That's just to four home games, right? As opposed to four home games, and again, I mentioned the the first one is against <laughs> San Antonio. So we're currently two and eight on the road. We're going to find out. Um, I mean, the thing that's, the thing that's got me a little scared right now is, I mean, we're definitely going to land in purgatory if we don't make the playoffs. Cause I don't, I mean, we've been playing the past couple weeks without Tim Hardaway Jr. Without Chris Stapps and we're still getting W's cause we're kind of playing the fun team basketball that I talked about. You know, when I was dreaming of this team's best expectations, my my preseason piece this year, Noodle the Doodle's being a real jerk right now. But we um, 
we're going to find out for sure in January. I, I think this will, this will be my greedy thing up, up your expectation to a, po a potential seven seed. <laughs> I, I think we can do that. And I, I know that still sounds a little pathetic, but man, this team has a little bit of that, you know, next man up who's got it tonight. Team basketball. Oh, Chris Stapps is out. Okay. We'll just run it through Michael Beasley. Yeah. Um, if, if he got, if he has it and he wants to go for 30 tonight, cool. If he doesn't, all right, yank him and okay, Courtney Lee, you're up. So it's, it's kind of a fun concept. And I don't think, I think the Knicks are deeper than a lot of teams. Is that like faux pas to say? No, um, I think that can be said. So January is the month to watch. And I, at this point, I, I'm just, I don't know if I'm opening any Knicks fans' eyes that are saying, go get that pick. We've got 16 wins right now. I mean, the Hawks might finish the year with that. So, I mean, if if we play, I mean, we'd have to play incredibly bas bad basketball, which I've seen the Knicks do before. But, <laughs> um, like, we've already played our way so ourselves out of, like, a top seven pick, which is kind of, not a lock to be impact, but more likely than the rest of the draft. So at this point, if you're not rooting playoffs or bus, I don't know. I, I was, I was going to say get on the bus, but I actually said playoffs or bus instead of bust. So that's where I'm at right now. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the worst six teams in the league, the bulls, Hawks, Suns, Kings, Grizzlies, Mavericks are going to be the worst six teams in the league. So, Definitely out of the top six. You could see, I mean, Lakers, Clippers are both bad. So, yeah, out of top seven, I think you're right. Um, I'll agree with you. We could we could move up to, to seven or six. Maybe it's six, yeah. So I believe the Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, Bucks, and Wizards, who are both behind us right now, I think those are the top five seeds in the East. I think the Bucks figure it out. They were doing well. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, which is why they've dipped, but it's – Still early enough in the year for for a three game losing streak to to make you go from fourth to seventh that quickly. And uh, John Wall's been out. The Wizards are just trying to tread water until he gets back. They got a, a plus two point two different point differential, which is it's good. It's really good for for an eight seed. They they should probably be better than that. It's the fourth best in the East. So they'll they'll figure it out when John Wall gets back. Jump back up. So the Knicks are in the, the hunt for the six through the eight. Uh, Brady God, they make the playoffs. But you just never to, know. What do you got? Just to kind of jump in on what, what Jake was saying about how, you know, where we are with, what do we have, 15, 16 wins now? Last year, the Lakers were the second worst record in the league with 17 wins all season. Then Brooklyn Nets with 21, Phoenix Suns with 23. So like like Jake said, we're rapidly approaching these kind of numbers where it's looking like we're going to be towards the middle or back end of the ladder if we don't make the playoffs just because of how, how well we performed in the, the early going. Yeah, so but, let's, let's talk about if we're, what we got this coming, upcoming week. Um, one thing I also wanted to note, Jake make a little, made a little joke about the easy W over the Spurs, but the the Knicks actually have like a really good record over the Spurs in recent history. I don't I don't have a stat with me. So that's a but, that's a rest game for Pop. But it's true. Um, huh. And that's that's fine by me. Usually he wins his rest game though. So that's the funny part. That's why he's the best. Um, Knicks this week we got the Hornets 
the someone else and the someone else. Uh, I, I had it Celtics down. and Pistons. <laughs> Knicks. Celtics and Pistons. Celtics and Pistons back to back. Um, so those are our three games. What are we thinking this week? We think we. I mean, I I kind of like the Hornets. I think they've just been playing bad. I'm kind of scared of them. I think that's the type of team the Knicks can lose to on the road, which since they lost the Bulls on the road, who are now 5-0 and since Miritich returned. So maybe that wasn't as bad as a loss as we thought it was, but it actually was, even despite the 5-0 and thing. Yeah. We, we, we're going to root for the Knicks to beat the Hornets. We... We don't love our chances against the number one seed Celtics, but we don't. But we're at home, so stop right there. Yeah, we're not. You we're kidding not, me? At the Garden? Yeah, we're not scared of them. That's definitely true. I, I mean, the Garden's going to be jumping. It's you, you know, Jake Jake's pivot game of the week. That's obviously it. It's a the middle game, and it's a, against the best team at home. While our other team, our other two games are on the road. I I think you're you're saying. Well, you're saying if you're Coach Hornacek, you're saying win every game. I, in my opinion. Yeah, but, I think that's that's good coaching. But you know, a couple road games. Hey, we 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 like Kemba personally because we like UConn. Um, hey, play one more bad game, Hornets, and then figure your stuff out. <laughs> um, it, your your goal is to split split the two road games this week, and then try to take down the Celtics at home. Um, man, that's I would your goal. I, exactly. It's not. It's not like a real goal. I guess that's my hope. That, that's you're gonna. Hope. You're gonna try to split the Hornets and Pistons and beat the Celtics. Yeah, man. I, dude, fourteen and five at home. It's a and, road thing. Yeah. Why don't you try to? Why don't you try to beat the Hornets and hope you beat the Celtics? Well, so that's that's when that's when the ball. I was getting there. By the way, <laughs> that, that's when the ball really gets going. If if so, say they win the Charlotte game, five game win streak. So now, now start get the storylines going. Five game win streak. We've got the Celtics at home. Games on TNT. Um, Boston's come back down to earth a little bit. At least um, some of their percentages, shooting percentages, and you know the fact that they lost a game for a while there. Um, but they haven't been as they pretty. Lost they, the, they, they they lost two. Lost to the Bulls and the Lost to those same Bulls. They've um. They've gone every other win-loss for the past six games now. So they're past six. They're three and three at the Spurs, at Bulls, home versus the Jazz. So they're um, they're becoming human again. And, I mean, you know, I'm a storyline guy. Go go out and get Charlotte. Get those guys in our building on a five-game win streak. And now you want to talk about Nick Mania blown up. Yeah. Um, boom. Boom. Where do we fall in the if they go back to back or if they win loss win loss? Where do we fall in that? We would fall for the Celtics. Um, so they play the Pacers. Uh, let me see if they have two games. Um, they play the Pacers, which if, if we if we're betting people that believe in these trends, um, oh they have two games. Oh, and we get them off a of back to back, guys. That's guys, a win, <laughs> guys. <laughs> So yeah, they're they're at Indy, which would be the loss. They're home versus Miami, which would be the win, and then the loss at the Knicks. There so, we go. The game's a lock. That's three and zero lock. You heard it here first on Talking Knicks. Knicks are going three and zero this week. Oh. That's it. All right. So so my pivot game is kind of the Hornets game because I'm scared of them, but I think we should win it. 
and then we'll, we'll feel good about this week. Even if we lose to the Celtics, if we if we pull out this game against the the Pistons, I know earlier this year <clears throat> when it might have been the second game of the season, when we didn't really know what we had in the Knicks, Knicks jumped out to I think a 17 point lead or maybe a 20 point lead against the Pistons, and they blew it, and that wasn't good. Um, so we know that we can play with the Pistons. We've we've shown that we can get a 20 point lead on them. We just need to be able to play a complete game, and we need to make sure that Chris Stapps is back this week. It seemed that he was a uh, kind of a game-time decision for the Thunder. Some reports said that he was out, like, the previous day, but then, like, the Knicks' Twitter account, like, an hour before the game was saying, like, he's talking to the doctors now, he's testing out his leg, and didn't say that he was out until, like, very close to game time. So hopefully he's back already for the Hornets game. If he is, we sh- we should win that one. Hornets have been struggling. They they put up good fights against everybody. I think they might have beaten the Cavs twice already this year. So that shows you two of their ten wins are against the Cavs. That might have been before the Cavs were doing a good job. But a win's a win. Um, <clears throat> Hornets are are capable of beating the Knicks. Hopefully we beat them instead. Talked about the Celtics game. Um, locked up W, and then this Pistons game. What do we win, loss? What What are we saying? Two, we're rooting for a two and one week. Or? So I, yeah, I think I'm rooting for a two and one week. Um, I think all three of us have a different pivot game in a three game week because I think the Pistons okay. game is the pivot game. Um, they were struggling for a while. They lost. I I want to say seven straight, but they've won their last three. So, you know, it's. It's hard won to their say last, whether won their last three, including a, a four-game win over Kevin McGovern's Magic in their, yeah. in their in their last game. So they so the Magic Pacers and Hawks in their last three. I don't know if you remember how bad the Magic are from that time they beat us without Porzingis and Hardaway, but they were really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I'm not. The Hawks are also really bad, but. Yeah, uh, the the Pistons are are still the fourth seed, so they're 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 a quality ball club. So I think that's my pivot game. I want to beat the beat the Hornets. We hope we hope we we have that lock against the Celtics, and then Pistons pivot game. Guys, I just I just decided I'm going I'm going full ball, three and zero. Get yes. the hype train going, and here's why. I've got some actual data besides that Boston win loss win loss thing. Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte has lost their last three in their last 13. They're three and 10. Uh, The wheels are kind of coming off in Charlotte. So I say we just hit them in the jugular Boston. Like I mentioned the storyline game, but the other thing that's going on this week. And if you count the thunder game, we're kind of reliving our start of the season. Those were our first three games. It was OKC, the Pistons and Boston. And think about how much this team has changed from them or your mind should immediately jump to the point guard situation. But, I mean, just the whole team morale and who's getting minutes. So I'm calling this as our kind of redemption for that first week of the year that Kenny doesn't count in the loss column because it didn't exist. All right, yeah. And then another thing, if we win these these three games, that's a seven-game win streak going into ESPN on Christmas. So that'd that'd be big time. So that's why we should win three in a row this week. What do you got? Like, I, 
I feel like we, I mean, you mentioned it, but I feel like we gave kind of short shrift to the fact that we are still without Tim Hardaway Jr. And we don't know if Chris Stapps Porzingis will be playing the next game. Like he was a game time decision in the last game, but at the end of the last game, Hornacek kind of said, well, we still don't know. Like maybe he plays next game. Maybe he doesn't. So like that's actually is a, a concern. We got Michael Beasley though. Oh, nope. You're right. Forget everything I just said. And I'll, I'll just I'll just say it. We're we're Knicks fans. We're disgusting, ruined people. I mean, we're we just said we're going to go three and zero over one of the top teams in the league, and without our two best players. So I just don't know. I I just had to put that out there. So if next Sunday when we're doing this, if we're all crying about no three week, we can say that. Yeah, that I think three and zero, Michael Beasley. American League East All Star Game. Yeah, I think Jake's official pick is three and zero. My official pick is is two and one. I'm also two and one. Kenny's official pick is two and one. So even then, we'd be we'd be winning six of seven going into Christmas. For and then happy holidays to everyone. You get to watch this this dominant Knicks team on Christmas. What a then, what a gift. And what what's gonna be what's gonna be more interesting there if we are six of seven, seven of seven. Because Christmas is when the Knicks season, the wheels fully came off last year. Well, it was one play in particular, the Marcus, Marcus Smart three, of course. <laughs> so, does are we going <laughs> to excitement, Max Fear then, or what are we thinking? Uh, I think Max excitement, right? Um, I mean, it's the Sixers too. That's that's who that's that's one of our main competitors for this eight seed. I like. I'm that. just having I'm having Vietnam flashbacks to TJ McConnell. Oh. Like, no, we're not going to talk about that. Let's forget that. Yeah, so uh, Chris Stapps shot a three. I think he airballed it, and then TJ McConnell hit the game winner against us last year. The Knicks blew a, a ten point lead with two and a half minutes left in the in the game last year against the Seventy Sixers. We're not going to. But talk, that was not, last year, and we're not going to talk about it. So it this is this matter. year. So any part, any parting thoughts for anybody other than the the our worst nightmares coming true last season. <laughs> Uh, nah, not really, not really. I'm just looking forward to see uh, Frank on Kemba. Right. I've been saying this kind of been saying this kind of every every week as I look to see who who Frank could potentially match up to. Frank on Kemba, fun. Frank on Kyrie, could be fun. Uh, otherwise, it's gonna be ugly. But you know, hopefully, hopefully he uh, he gets some good experience out of it. Right. Hey. Jake said we need experience, so yeah, brought brought us kept us level with that last talk. That being said, re, redemp, redemption for the first week of the year this week. Let's let's go Knicks. Three and Knicks. Hey, great talking Knicks with you guys. Great pod. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or on uh, Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. I got a pretty pretty good account. <laughs> pretty good gram. Uh, Birdstagrams. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter at at talking Knicks. Um, Tom does stat of the game. He writes up some stats. Tom went to Columbia Journalism School. So Tom, Tom's wicked smart. He's a good writes, writer. Uh, writes for uh, SB Nation's Pound on the Rock as well. Kenny uh, does our, our quick recaps of the game. Those are good, too. He he went to law school, so he's good, too. Um, Jake doesn't I, really do anything. Yeah, I got a bad feeling how this ends for me. Yeah, Jake, <laughs> Jake does talk of Knicks. Um Talking Yanks, talking Yanks. Jake's, Jake's, yeah. Jake's the most experienced podcaster. You can wow. listen to him on Talking Yanks. 
Uh, you still doing talking Huskies, or did you give up on that team? Kind of. It's, it's a little bit of both, babe. We, yeah. uh, we, we've we got a new one coming out soon, and then we're, we'll start doing that weekly. So they, they had a big hiatus. But, yeah, for, for anyone that's listening to us on here that's from Talking Yanks or anything, we, we appreciate you. Hey, thanks for listening. Go Knicks. Go Knicks.